Um, quite honestly, it was pretty much the perfect picture of what honor produces. And uh, <clears throat> we just, we just um, had a really good time kind of just celebrating one another. Um, I wish that Danny was here. Danny is, we've, we've been, we've been uh, butchering all week um, up at Danny's family's house, which, by the way, I rather enjoy. Um, it's quite, it's quite fun. Um, I heard that. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um, and, uh, but there's still more to do, so he's honoring his dad, um, by being there. And, um, but we, we, you know, we were honestly a little worried about, you know, last year we had the, our volunteer, you know, our gala at, um, at the Hugh McCall mansion downtown. Um, it was very, you know, very fancy environment. Um, but I'll tell you on a plus side, we did not serve raw chicken this year. So <laughs> there's that. Um, but, <laughs> so, so one of these days I won't be bitter about that anymore. Um, but you know, uh, I was worried about it and, um, and, and Danny and I had multiple conversations where we, um, kind of expressed like, man, it's just kind of a bummer. Um, we made some, some decisions to just do things differently so that we could be better stewards of the finances that the church has. Um, and you know, not knowing really where we're going to be located by the end of 2020, um, all very exciting things. Um, so we just we felt like we were making compromises, and it's never a good place to feel like you're having to like compromise on the quality or the excellence by which you want to do something. Not a really great feeling. Um, and instead, I'm just going to be honest. I, I liked last night way better than last year, and it had nothing to do with the environment. We had just an incredible time of fellowship together celebrating and anticipating what is yet to come here for 1010. And so um, God just taught me some big lessons, and I find, it very, I find it very appropriate that on the eve of teaching on honor, uh, God taught me a lot about honor last night. And um, so we're, we're going to be camping out, by the way, if you guys want to turn to Romans chapter 12, that's where we're going to be primarily camping out. And um, we're going to jump around a little bit as the Spirit leads. Um, honor is one of those things in Scripture where um, you don't really realize how often it's talked about. It becomes a little bit of a catchphrase, honestly, in Christian culture. You know, you hear about honoring your father and mother. Or you hear about honoring your spouse in marriage and um, that we're supposed to give all honor and glory and praise and, and you know, we hear about honor all the time, but I want you to just take one quick second and really think about this. Do you know what honor actually is? Or do we just kind of throw the word out there? See, a lot of times we talk around here about how it is our desire and our hope that over time that God would help us to create an actual culture of honor, um, which uh, is something that is is continuing to grow and transform um, all of us and all of us together with one another. <clears throat> but in the midst of that, um, it would be super helpful, right, to actually be able to know what honor. This is the definition that we use, okay? Um, 
when we go through our core values. The series that we're in, the Abundant Life series, is all about the core values that kind of make up our identity as who we are and how we are with one another here at 1010. And so honor, as defined for our core values, is a deep respect and appreciation for each individual's God-given value. Each individual's God-given value. Um, If you do a a lexicological study on the word honor, you find you can trace it back actually to like like other ancient literature like the Iliad. Um, And and in these other other, uh, literary works, what you find is that that, um, honor is actually a financial word. Um, it, its origin was to actually be financial. It was essentially to say that that um, that something deserved value. It was to place value on something, right? And so, <clears throat> um, this is how we kind of begin to understand how the word was intended to be used. Is that honor means giving something value? Okay, that it's actually worth something. And when you think about it in these terms. The opposite of that becomes a little bit more ugly, right? To say that something um, does not have value, you know, a lot of us in this room, I mean, maybe you're comfortable with devaluing things or people. I would hope that you're not. But if you start thinking about it in that regard, that, that honor becomes a little more necessary. So in, in, in Romans... I'm going, to, I'm going to break the habit of this. I know that's what it says in your Bible, but to really understand what's happening in Scripture, let's just maintain what we've talked about many times before. This is a letter that Paul wrote, and he wrote it to the believers in Rome, okay? Um, and, and so this letter that he wrote, really from a theological standpoint, is kind of like his magnus opus, right? It's like this is probably his most quintessential work to discuss how we are to be and understand who we are in God and how we are then supposed to respond to that. Um, and so we could literally spend probably an entire year kind of working through all the theological richness of this letter that Paul wrote to the Roman church. And, and what's really interesting about this particular letter is that it was really, Paul was addressing something that, that was becoming a growing issue. And that is, how do... Two types of people begin to actually live out the way of Jesus with one another. People who are, who are like, had, have no heritage of, of Christian faith, have no heritage of, of the one true God, now coming to faith in Jesus and blending with people who do this. And not only that, but for the first time, this is crazy, I'm about to say this in the most homogenous room possible, right? As we're all one color. Like this, this they had to address even issues of, of race. That all of a sudden it was like, it was, it was not just different religious backgrounds. It was also different racial backgrounds. It was also different classes of wealth or prosperity or poverty. All coming together in probably one of the most expressive, beautiful visions of the church that Jesus ever intended when he said to go and to build his church, to make disciples. And here, it's literally happening in Rome, but they don't know how to conduct themselves with one another. 
they, they cannot figure this out. They're coming from different angles. They're preferring people over one another. They have all kinds of stuff going on, and it's making things crazy. And so Paul writes a letter and says, hey, by the way, let me create a baseline for you. So the first, what we call 11 chapters, the first section of Romans is entirely theology. He's saying, listen, before we even talked about how you should conduct yourself, you need to understand who you are, and all of you come from the same boat. So when Paul says in Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the reason that he wrote that is there were some people who thought they were pretty special because they were coming from a Jewish background. No, no, no. Paul says, you all have sinned. You're, you're all the same boat. You start from the same line. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift, the gift of God. You, you didn't get born into this. The gift of God is eternal life. And he continues all through Romans to just lay these things out. So when you got to imagine, just put yourself in the shoes of these, this, the church in Rome. As this letter is being read to them. And they're thinking about how they've been treating one another. And they hear, as Paul lays out this theology, and they go, oh, man. And they're filled with a remorse. They're filled with sorrow. They're, they're filled with a, a regret for how they have been conducting themselves with one another. He gets to 12. And he get, we have the, the transitional word of Scripture, right? And he says, I appeal to you, therefore, therefore, therefore. Because what I've been saying for a long time now, I now make this appeal to you, brothers. We're going to end in nine, but I want to just read this because this is a very transitional important passage of scripture to understand. So if you're following along either on a device or physical Bible, I'm reading out of the ESV. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, not on any other foundation, but the mercy of God. I appeal to you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, based on what you just learned about what Paul was trying to accomplish in the first section of Romans, when he now says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, he is literally telling the church in Rome, listen, you need to make different decisions. You need to Think differently. You need to be transformed by literally changing your thought processes about the people who are around you and how God views all of you together as his church. We've used this a lot to talk about different methods of, of how we are to grow spiritually or to be transformed. And it is true. It is fundamentally true, right, that we do also need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. But I want you to understand it in context because this is super important if we're going to talk about honor. So to be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. This is all starting to click a little bit better about why Paul wrote Romans and what was going on here. You guys starting to see this a little bit? I hope so. Okay. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So, though we are many, we are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And then he says, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast or cling to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing what? Honor. I want to share with you the difference. See, if we're gonna if we're gonna really understand honor, we need to go to the source of honor, right? And honor exists so wonderfully and beautifully between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. See, here's a difference, and I hope this is helpful to you. <clears throat> let's, let's look at the difference between glory and honor for just a minute, okay? Glory, glory is something that's bestowed upon someone or something because of its, because of its obvious, like it wouldn't matter, let's put it this way. If 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 um, if Don said, <clears throat> I don't think the sun is hot. Okay. First of all, we all know that Don's much smarter than that, right? Um, some people are questioning, but <clears throat> but if Don, if Don were if Don were to say, I don't think the sun is hot, other than making fun of him later, right, or maybe to his face, depending on your relationship with Don. <clears throat> It wouldn't be true. I don't care how much Don thinks that the sun is not hot. The sun is hot. I just, uh, NASA just this week released a video um, that they captured from a, from a telescope um, in Hawaii. And it was literally, it was the closest images that we have of the surface of the sun ever. And it's in such good high definition Look this up later. It's in such good high definition that you can literally see these pockets of, of magma and heat, like kind of like ebbing and flowing and growing and shrinking. And it's just, you don't really know what you're looking at at first. If, no, if someone didn't give you context, you'd be like, I don't know what this is. And then in the video, which you're seeing, like I was watching it on my phone, so it's about this big. And then they were explaining in the article that every single one of the pockets of magma was about the size of the state of Texas. And there were tens of thousands of these pockets. 
So, Don, I hate to inform you, you're wrong. We're going to let that go for the sake of the podcast. Okay. The sun deserves its credit for what it is, right? I don't care if you want to give the sun credit for being hot. It just is, and that is a practical way of understanding glory. God is supreme. God is holy. God is perfect. He is just in every way, and I don't care whether you want to give him that glory. He gets that glory regardless. That is glory. There's nothing you can do to diminish the value of something that has glory. Honor is choosing to bestow value on something. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but during Jesus' ministry, he would say things like, I and the Father are one. Um, uh, there's, I don't do anything, I don't do anything other than what the Father tells me to do. Have you ever thought about this for a minute? Jesus did not have to do that. He's fully God. If for some bizarre reason he was capable outside of his love relationship with the Father to say to the Father, nah, rather not, not going to do it. Like, if if that could exist, do you understand this for just a minute. He could do that. People's brains just got bent a little bit. Jesus is worthy of all glory. He is God. He is Savior. He is Messiah. He is literally now sitting as our King. Glory. And yet, even in all of his glory, he chooses to honor the Father. And the Father chooses to honor the Son. And the Holy Spirit's just going like, hey, guys, have you, have you met these two? They're, they're awesome. Like, that's just the Holy Spirit's job. He's like, have you, have you guys met the Father? He's, he's amazing. Oh, and Jesus, he's really awesome, too. They're, they're like, they're the best. And, that's, and, and the Holy Spirit's just kind of like the operating system of honor that exists within the Trinity. We need to talk about that more later, you can. I just want to give you guys a picture of what's happening here. Because honor literally is the operating system of God. It, it is literally the basis of who God is, is honor. And as this thing exists in this most peculiar and bizarre, hard-to-understand relationship between Father, Son, and Spirit, I would argue that part of the reason that it's hard for us to grasp is because we have lost our grasp on honor. If we really learned how to live in honor among one another, I think it would be less difficult for us to understand. You know, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, and and he was kind of sharing with them about gifts. You know this passage, right? Um, am I thinking about this correctly? I'm, 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 I'm outside of, I think that's where it's at. The body, yes, 12, right? Yeah, okay. And he says something very interesting. You know what, let, let's turn there. 
like I said, we're, we're, just, we're following it. Okay. And we're going to read something very specific. The passage says that all the parts of the body need all the other parts of the body, right? Um, and so if you've been in church any length of time, you, you've heard this passage, you know it. But I want to zero in on one, one thing very, very specific. Verse 21 of chapter 12, 1 Corinthians. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Now, nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. This is completely opposite. If you really think about it, this is the opposite of how you behave. Let's, let's just keep it in the physical realm for just a minute, okay? How many of you woke up this morning, looked down at your feet and said, Ah, oh, I love you, feet. And you, ah, oh, I just, I, I don't know what I would do without you, feet. You're the, you're the most amazing feet ever. I just, oh, look at you. You're so beautiful. Like, how many of you have, a, like, a foot issue? You don't like looking at other people's feet or touching people's feet? Okay, a couple of you. We will pray for you. Um, <clears throat> but you're, you're, this is not how we normally operate, right? Like, you get up, and you're worried about, like, your head. You're worried about your hair. You're, you're worried about the things that have value to you, but you're forgetting about how feet. Now, I'm going to pick on Brian just a little bit. Brian Campbell, everyone say hi to Brian. Brian is amazing. He has helped us to continue to just grow in greater improvement with our live stream. He's doing a really good job. Thanks, buddy. Um, But Brian had a very interesting week this week because um, how many of you have ever experienced gout before? Okay. Praise the Lord that some of you have not experienced that. Um, it's been a while since I've experienced it, but um, I shouldn't have said that out loud, right? No, just kidding. It's been a while, but for a while I was having some pretty bad issues, and it's very painful. Um, and most people don't know how painful it is until they experience it for themselves. And so Brian's, he's like texting me during the week. He's like, dude, my, 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 my toe hurts. My toe really hurts, man. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I think it's gout. I think, I think you're right. Um, and it just kept getting worse. Now, whether it's gout or another injury, how many of you have ever injured your foot before? Sprained an ankle, cut it, stub a toe even. We'll keep it, we'll keep it super innocent. Some of you, yeah, I mean, Kristen was in a boot for like ever. Like, you, you broke your growth plate twice? That's crazy. Um, and so all these, now, now, if it's injured, how many of you pay attention to your foot? Right? And I don't know what the weird phenomenon is. Like, when you injure something, it feels like it's just, like, exposed to the world. Right? And you feel like you're going to hit it on everything or something. I don't know what that is. Except that what it is is that all of a sudden you really value what no longer function, functions as it should. Right? If the foot's doing its job, you're not even paying attention to it, right? Matter of fact, you're, you're covering up with shoes 
Like, I don't even want to look at you. Or to keep them warm, I guess. I'm never cold, ever. I prefer bare feet all the time. Um, but <laughs> out of respect, I don't preach in my bare feet. Though I have. I'm not going to lie. That has happened. Um, <laughs> we're, oh, rabbit trail. Sorry, Lord. This is why Paul says, this is why it's so good for us, okay? As the body, we're not going to naturally think of the lesser gifts from among you. Let's just tell on ourselves for a minute. If, if among you, you have a gift of prophecy, you're visible to people and people honor it. If you have a gift of teaching, you're visible to people and people honor it. If you have a gift of leadership, you're visible to people and people honor it. If your job is to pray, if God has just called you to be a prayer warrior, people don't think to honor you. They take it for granted. I have taken it for granted. Because somehow we see that as being a lesser gift. But if every person who prayed for this body were to decide right now to not pray, oh, friends, listen, we would feel that profoundly. Profoundly. These lesser gifts require even more honor. More honor. More honor. And listen, remember what honor is? It's literally having a deep respect and appreciation for every individual's God-given value. God looks at each one of you, and he places upon you a value that cannot be expressed in earthly terms. For the God of the universe to look at you and say, you're my daughter, you're my son. And I give you all the benefits of the family because you are worthy. What would happen, church? What would happen if instead of, well, I'll tell you what would happen, but here's the question. What would happen if we actually started to practice? You have to practice. This isn't something that like, you can't, God, give me the ability to honor people. He's going to say, okay, go do it. Like, just start. Practice honor. I, I shared this with you guys, I believe it was last week, that really um, when we talk about discipleship, when we talk about our transformation into the likeness of God, when, when Scripture talks about this, about the word disciple, really a more accurate word to describe what's happening with us in Jesus is that we are apprentices of Jesus. That's really our effort here. I, I, could, I can be a student of Jesus for the rest of my life. I can learn everything about Jesus, and my life may not actually reflect the life of Jesus. But to be an apprentice of Jesus, to say, my goal is to be as much like the king as possible. My goal is to, to, to literally mirror and reflect the very heart and character of Jesus. If you were an apprentice in, as an electrician, right? At the end of your apprenticeship, you are an electrician. 
And so as we seek to apprentice Jesus, what happens is we take on more and more and more and more. And we're never going to get there. It's going to be awesome. You, you will, you, you'll get to, to glory at some point, right? And, and, and all things will be made new and made right and made perfect. And, and I don't even dare to venture to guess what that's going to be like, though it's awesome to imagine. And yet, now, here, on this side, as his church, as an exiled people, the not yet now that we've mentioned before, you are his apprentices. And we apprentice in this way together as his church. And what would happen if we would begin to just practice the very ways in which Jesus honors us, the way that Jesus honors the Father, the way that Jesus has taught us about honor. What are areas in which Scripture talks about honor? We're supposed to, you know, kids, you're supposed to to honor your parents. By the way, you're always a kid to your parents. Like, you're never too old for that. So whether, whether you're 12 or anything above that we're called to honor our parents we're called to honor our spouses very specifically by the way this will be worth a little time turn to uh, 1 Peter all the wives in the room I'm about to give you some arsenal You're welcome. Come on. New Bible. Almost there. There we go. <clears throat> Do I remember this correctly? Yes. Okay. So we're going to read the part that's hard for the ladies to, to hear at first, okay? Um, but I want you to understand this from the context of honor, okay? So just imagine you're putting on your honor lenses, your glasses, okay? And let's just look at this. First Peter 3, 1. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. And all the ladies are like, Ew. So that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct, the conduct of their wives. Fascinating verse. Fascinating. I, I don't quite fully understand how, how anyway, I, I, I compounded that one for a long time. They may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Three, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. <clears throat> probably do a whole series on this. Um, there are some people in this room that I have such deep respect and honor for. 
I, I know that you don't like this, but I'm, Judy, I honor you for how you walked with your husband. It was a beautiful thing. And because you conducted yourself in this manner with your husband, before he left this earth, he knew Jesus. And that's all, literally. I know that God did his work in salvation, but you, Judy, were the one who brought him to the throne of God. And so I just want to honor you for that. It was a beautiful thing. Um, this is a hard teaching in our culture for women. But when it happens, you cannot understand how much God will bless you because of it. But then, here's your arsenal. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing what? Honor to the women, the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers won't be hindered. I like how Paul just kind of throws that at the end. Like, hey, by the way, husbands, if you don't honor your wife, if you don't treat her in a patient, understanding way, your prayers will be blocked. And all the husbands are going, oh, that's why. Listen, this is how, this is how important honor is. Literally. Now remember, honor is placing value, right? Ladies in the room, please understand. We do our utmost to here at 1010 to honor you for the gifts and abilities that you have. You are co-heirs and equals in the kingdom of God. There is nothing that God calls that you can't respond to. If God calls you, it is your calling, it is your anointing, and we believe fully in all of you. And yet there is some nature in which God, out of his grace, and I don't fully understand this, okay? So it feels weird to stand up here as a man and say this to you, but I just want you to understand, out of his grace, he has made you a weaker vessel because it gives him glory. And you honor him by living in that manner. And then, then, husbands are called to literally then say, but I see the value in you. I place value on you. We'll see. Thank you for getting to the next part of my sermon, Kathleen. We just read this. Who deserves more honor? The lesser parts, right? Uh-oh. And confess, confession, I mean, there's been a lot of years that the church has gotten this wrong. So the next time you feel like you're getting led into a conflict or an argument with your husband, ladies. I just want you to ask him a simple question. Do you want your prayers to be hindered? You're welcome. <laughs> we laugh, but it's it's in there. Like I, I can't I can't argue with it. There it is. So just you know, do with that what you will. 
Back to Romans. So what do we do with this? Biblically, the opposite of honor is contempt. And we, and we, we live in a society, you know, as we're talking about this, we're, we're talking about how, like, where does Scripture say we're supposed to honor, right? So it's, we're, you know, honor your parents, honor your spouse. And then, isn't this one a fun one in this day and age? Honor your governing authorities. There is probably no more divisive issue. It is literally the religion of today, politics. I mean, people are more passionate about that. They, they will literally ostracize entire sections of population just because they disagree with your opinion about a politician or about a party. And, and so it says, govern, you know, Respect the, and honor governing authorities. And I've literally had conversations with people. These are like my favorite conversations where they'll be like, yeah, but when Paul wrote this, they didn't know that Trump was going to be president. <laughs> I very much enjoy being, being kind of apolitical, by the way. I give I give very little hope for my life based on who's president or who's my representative or senator. I just don't count on them. I'm pretty much indifferent to politics. But I'm not as indifferent as I think I am. As soon as I meet somebody who is literally the opposite of me in their moral code and they vote, differently and there's something that rises up in me it does does it i mean does it for you of course it doesn't you meet someone who disagrees with you politically and you're like they're the best people they're just so smart and intelligent and compassionate and i love them right no that's not how we work and yet here it is and so a little case okay, so this happened three weeks ago i'm having a conversation with somebody not a Christian, and they're like, yeah, but you know, when, when it says that in Romans about the governing authorities, they didn't have Trump. And I just want to remind you, when Paul wrote this, right, the, the large portion of the New Testament that Paul wrote, do you know who was sitting as the governing authority? Nero. Nero, whose hobby was to cover Christians in wax and use them as candles in his garden. I would say that's a little bit more extreme than Trump or Pelosi or however you swing, okay, politically. I, Paul wrote this, and he literally was saying, I have to honor a killer, a murderer, someone who has something deeply warped in their brain that they would burn people alive for disagreeing with him. I think that if Paul can honor the person who ultimately was responsible for his death. If Peter says, 
honor governing authorities, and Peter was, was killed by that same governing authority. If they can honor, I think that we could do a better job. But we have to practice it. And this is what I want to get down to here as we kind of like close out this message. This is what I need you to understand. This is what I believe God wants with all of his heart towards you as his children in a loving way. He's saying, listen, you have no idea the benefit of learning this long lost art of honor. And you're not going to be bestowed it, but you're going to give it. And then here's the best part. For some reason, we think that we deserve things in our culture. Has anyone ever felt that they deserve something? Bunch of liars. Of course we do, right? We, I walk around entitled more often than I wish. I'm not even aware sometimes of my own entitlement until someone gracefully points it out to me, or not so gracefully. Here's the trick with honor. You will get honor when you give honor. And you won't get it before. And if every person in this room were to say, I accept that responsibility in a world that has lost honor, in a world that is completely opposite, where we are more in contempt with people than we are choosing to honor them, I will choose to honor There are three types of anger. We can have anger toward people who are in authority over us. We can have, and, and, we, and how we choose to respond to that anger is slightly different because we, we still have like a, a, a fear of expressing too much anger to those who are in authority. We have the, the anger that can be out toward those who we consider equals, and then we have this weird thing that happens when we diminish another person in order to feel better about ourselves. That's contempt. If you've ever dealt out harsh words towards somebody, if you really think about it, the reason that you dealt those harsh words is because you wanted them to feel lesser. That's what they're for. You say the harsh words, and they're diminished. And there's this weird thing that happens in the human mind. We've talked about this before. I've been talking about this. I'm, I've been trying to teach about this for a long time. Zach probably remembers me talking about this in youth group. But it's, it's the, the, the law of relative filth. Right? The law of relative filth. If I push you further down in the mud, I don't, even though I'm in the mud too, I don't feel dirty because you're really dirty. So if I can make you feel less, I can ignore what's wrong with me. That's contempt. That's exactly, that's the perfect picture for it. And contempt is the exact opposite of honor. If, if we're down in the mud, say me and Paul, we're, we're, we're in a mud pit together. Instead of pushing him further in the mud, or at best saying, Look how dirty we both are. Honor would instead say, I'm going to lift you up out of the mud. 
Romans 12, verse 9. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. Last little illustration for you. Um, Margot uh, and, and I have friends, Darren and Heather. Darren's going to be up here in, um, in March. He's a part of our oversight team. Um, and, and I want you all to meet him so that he can be even more effective as in being a part of our oversight team. Um, it's just recently that I've asked him to, to join that, that team. Our oversight team is ultimately um, a lot of my accountability. If I'm coming off the rails, you guys need to know who these people are so that you can call them and say, Dave's acting stupid or whatever. Um, and they also are people that we go to, like Rob Stopper, where we say, you know, we're making some big decisions. There's some things that we're at an impasse on, and they're a voice of objectivity. They're a voice of, of wisdom. They ask more questions, and they give answers. It's their job, and their role is to lead us to truth, not to just mandate it to us. Um, and I'm grateful for these, uh, for these men. We're, we're hoping to add a couple more. Margot and I are deep friends with Darren and Heather. And um, uh, I don't know when it started. There was a little yellow sock. Um, it was actually, we lived with them for, for a season of life. Just imagine four grown adults, four kids under five, living in a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bathhouse. Okay? You don't know somebody until you've been in that scenario. And we refer to that time actually quite affectionately. It was the best of times and the worst of times because it exposed everything about us that was not godly, every single part. Um, and we, we are just so, we are, we're family. That, that's, just, that's the only way to describe it. And um, so we, this, I don't know, it was a sock that was in the laundry and no one knew whose sock it was, right? Like, well, that this, yeah, it was like a little baby yellow sock. And they're like, well, this must be yours. No, it's not mine. It must be yours. And, and it was like back and forth. And then the back and forth started to actually get, like, more involved, right? And so then, like, Margot, we'd go down to visit them, and she would, like, hide it somewhere that eventually Heather was going to find the yellow sock, Right? And then, and then Heather, they would, they would come up to visit or something, and all of a sudden, you know, months later after they left, we're like, oh, yellow sock, you know, and we would have the yellow sock again. So um, our trip to St. Lucia that we just took, they, we actually went with them to St. Lucia, Darren and Heather, and um, on one of the last nights that we were there, um, <clears throat> we were sitting down for dinner, and, and Heather arranged this whole thing, and it was a, a, a jewelry box, like, a, like for a necklace, Right? And, and she gave it to the waitress ahead of time, right? And so the waitress brings it out to the table, and Margo's like, this isn't for me. Like, Dave knows I'm not really, like, a jewelry person. That's not, like, you would never buy me jewelry. And I haven't. Because I love you. Anyway, so she's like, can't be mine. And then the waitress is like, no, it's yours. No, it can't be. No, really, this is for you. And so she opens it up. You know, and there's the yellow sock. When I was reading this passage this week and kind of dwelling on it, God kept bringing me back to the story of outdoing one another 
And what if in the same way, in a back and forth sense, just imagine with me. Like, just let your mind, even if you're not an imaginative person, just go there with me for just a little bit. Can you imagine what the body of Christ would look like if what we chose to outdo one another with was not performance, was not status, was not anything but seeing who could give more value to the other? Are you, are you imagining with me? Because when I said that out loud, something stirred up in me and went, I mean, that'd be great, but it's not going to happen. And I'm just confessing that that's, but I, I, I want to prove that wrong to myself. I want to prove that, I want you to prove me wrong. And most importantly, because it's not about really you or me, this is about Jesus. And what happens here is that we have the opportunity. You could choose to go away today and not apprentice Jesus on honor. You could do that. Or you could choose to take steps in your apprenticeship of Jesus, and you could walk away from this place saying, even though I may not get it right perfectly, I may not even do a good job with it on Tuesday or whatever it is, would you be willing to be a group of people that would walk away today and choose to learn the heart of your Savior and your Father and learn honor? What happens when we do, uh, worship team, if you guys want to come on up. When we put honor in its right place and when we choose to do this. So last night, Last night, let me, let me try something real quick, Jeremy. We're going we're to try to do something technologically savvy. You ready? There's going to something come up on the right-hand side of the screen. if you could add that and put it up on the screen for me. Just drag it right into the... Wait for it. So this is a picture from last night. As uh, we kind of cleared the path and we were all done with dinner, we said, you know what, we're just going to we're just going to cut loose and enjoy each other. We're just, we're going to dance. Um, and some people dance. And by the way, I saw some moves that, uh, let's just say we're not going on any dance competitions. Okay. But we were having a lot of fun. We were having a lot of fun. Um, and when I, so Whitney, Whitney took this picture, and she posted it. And I literally, I look at this picture, and I'm like, this is one of my favorite pictures ever. And the reason that it is is because what happened was when we chose to bestow honor, when we came into this place and we said, listen, we honor you, we appreciate you, we value you, there's something that emerged in the relationships with one another last night that was literally the result of honor. The level to which we enjoyed one another went up a couple notches. The le- the, the, this is the best part. 
the ability for people to be themselves with one another went up a couple notches. As scary as that was, they were themselves. This, in a small way, I just want you to, to, to see this and to know when we choose to place value on one another, Keith, I see your value and I honor you and I love the fact that you have the courage to say, hey, Dave, I'm not going to serve for a while because I need to be obedient to what God is calling me to do. I need to honor my time with God. I respect you for that. And it literally caused me to grow in my perceiving of your value because of that decision that you made, brother. Okay? And as this goes around the room, we could do this with one another. It's a choice. It's a choice. I don't have to say that to Keith. I can just be like, hey, man, how you doing? Right? And do the whole typical greeting that we give one another when we come on a Sunday. But what if we were to take it up a notch? And what if what were to happen is that you would grow in your ability to ever increasingly see the value of the people around you? And in return, they were able to respond accordingly. They were able to have freedom and safety to be themselves and learn to give that honor back. And before you know it, all of you are just swapping back and forth yellow baby socks. I think we can do it. And the reason I do is because you, child of God, have the heart of the Father in you. And there is something so central to the operating system of God that it is literally planted in your spirit to be a person of honor. So go today and choose honor. Go today and be intentional to bestow that upon another. Show them their value. Show them their worth. And just watch how eventually what will happen is you will not only give honor, but you will receive it. Because God loves honor. Let's pray. Jesus, your word says thank you, Lord. Thank you for reminding me of this. Jesus, Paul penned words about you where he said, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted you Jesus and bestowed on you the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father Father we glorify you Jesus we glorify you we, we honor you we partner with the Holy Spirit in being a part of this exchange of honor that happens between you and us and teach us, Jesus, the rhythms of honor. Teach us to make decisive 
actions that bestow honor and value on one another. And may we experience your church in this world to be everything that you hope and dream for it to be. God, we can't even imagine, we can't even imagine all the things that you would want to produce and all the things that you would want to do among us. And maybe it's even possible that if we were to do this, then love would start to make more sense. And it would be the kind of love that is described in Scripture that the world would look in and know that we are yours. So teach us honor. May we embrace this value as your people, as this unique expression that is 1010. Because Jesus, I can't imagine any other thing that we could do that would literally describe how much we think that you are worth. And so we don't carry this morning a heart of condemnation or shame, but instead we accept your invitation to be a people of honor. And so as we close out our time together this morning, Lord, we honor you as we continue to worship. Thank you for all that you are and all that you so freely give to us. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you um, for your unfailing love. Thank you that you are the ever-pursuing God. Thank you for meeting us where we are. Thank you, even though we may not have really even understood what exactly we needed this morning. Thank you for giving us this gift of your word and all that it teaches us about honor. We love you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us, please?